got to have a you got to have a thick hide to hang around here. All right, we have a good time, and uh, don't mean anything by it. And uh, but uh, anyhow, I appreciate each one of you. We're working on a series, and uh, I started it on a Wednesday night. And uh, anyhow, I just felt like that it would be better suited for a Sunday morning crowd. And now this is hard for me because Sunday morning is generally when. I'm gung-ho, and I'm all, I mean, we're going to preach a salvation message, and I mean, I, I don't know how you preach a message without mentioning Jesus and it not be a salvation message, but at the same time, I also know that there's needs in the church and there's needs in our spiritual life that possibly I'm only going to get an opportunity to preach to you on a Sunday. And so anyhow, we're looking at how do I fit in? That was the title. That's how we did the, uh, the series was where do I fit in? How do I fit in as far as the church goes? And so we've been looking at that for several weeks now, a couple nights on Wednesday night. Last Sunday, we tried our best to catch everybody up. Uh, where we were in the last couple of Sunday, I mean the last couple of Wednesdays. But today I want to give us, I'm going to give you an outline and you can write this outline down uh, if you take notes and everything else. But uh, this outline is just going to get us back to the series. It's just basically going to get us to where we need to be, but it'll give you an understanding. If you haven't been there, uh, this, I believe this outline will give you an understanding of what we are talking about. And so I'm going to begin. You can turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and uh, you get there if you want to. And uh, I will be in Ephesians chapter number 2 and 4 as well. But uh, uh, we are going to get somewhere. Uh, uh, we're basically, we're going to end up in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Uh, so we, we remember, and you can put this up on the board, uh, uh, up on the screens, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, if you will. You remember that we basically have used these verses throughout, all right? And every night, every day uh, that we have done the series, we have started it off with this thought, for by grace are you saved through faith, it's up on the screens with me right now, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so the Bible teaches us, and it starts us off with this idea that salvation is by grace and grace alone. You and I don't do anything. There's nothing that you and I, there's no part of salvation that you and I have other than receiving it. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, the work of salvation is done by Jesus himself, and that was enough. I need a big amen right there. Uh, because anything that we add to what Jesus done takes away from what Christ did. In other words, if I add a work to it, then I am taking away what he endured on the cross. If I add baptism to it, I'm taking away what he endured on the cross. Now you say, well, preacher, is baptism wrong? Absolutely not. Baptism is you and I showing others that we identify with Christ. When you get baptized, you're buried with him just like he was buried, all right? And you're raised to new life as he came out of the grave in three days. Think of it as a ring. How many of y'all uh, are married or have been, right? All right, don't raise your hands. All right, I know that's embarrassing. All right, so we got a ring. I got a ring that I wear, okay? I wear this ring. I take this ring off. I need somebody to help me. Am I still married? Absolutely. I'm still married. I've been married to this lady uh, almost 30 years come October. And uh, we we laying in the bed and I said, good night, woman. We've been together almost 32 years. And uh, anyhow, but we get, we've been married. 
Uh, this October will be 30 years that me and her has been married. I can take this ring off, I can put it in my pocket, and I'm still married. I can take this ring off and I can give it to somebody else. I'm still married, all right? But what this ring does is it tells you that I'm married. That's what baptism does. You take baptism off, you still say. But what baptism does is tells everybody else that you identify with Christ. That you, I need somebody to help me right here. That you are hooked up to somebody. All right? You belong to somebody. All right? Everybody with me? So by, it's all done by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But look at verse number 10, and we'll, be, we'll move on back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Verse number 10 says, For we are his workmanship. See, we got saved. If you're saved in the building, say amen. amen. You got saved, but that was just the beginning. Now God is, that workmanship there means He's producing something in you. It means that you are His masterpiece, His masterpiece, His work of art, and He is producing something in you. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in, and now God is doing a work, and He will continue to do that work until you die. I need somebody to say amen. amen. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under what? Good works. In other words, God didn't save you to sit in a chair. God didn't save you to say, hey, I went to church Sunday morning. I went to church Wednesday night. No, you are a masterpiece. You are a work of art. And God saved you unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should do what? Walk in them. Everybody say that word walk. walk. It implies an action. Amen. Much more of an action than sitting Amen. <laughs> so he, he, he has began a work in us and he has started a work in us. He is a, 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 a working a masterpiece in us and in you for the purpose of good works and ministry. Now we go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and in verse number 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Uh, uh, no, where am I at? All right. I was already there, started turning from it, all right? That's, I need, that, that's it. That means I need to get my glasses on, all right? All right, now, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 1 says, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Mm. Now, Paul, in his writings, he deals with this word. He uses this phrase, I would not have you be ignorant. In other words, Paul says, I don't want you to go through life without knowing this. This is what he's saying. I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts, all right? And if you're reading in your Bible, you'll notice that the word gifts there is italicized, all right? Come to Bible college and I'll teach you why. But no, I will. I'll teach you right now, all right? So that was added by the translators, all right? To help us understand the meaning of the verse, all right? So, in other words, that was not uh, originally 
in the original manuscripts, but it was added by our English translators so that you and I would have a better understanding of the verse. And it fits perfectly because this has the meaning of spiritual gifts as we look through in the context the rest of the chapter. So he says, I would not have you to be ignorant. He says, there's some things you need to know about spiritual gifts. I need somebody to help me. And he says that there's a lot of people that are ignorant about it. And so that's what we've been dealing with. Where do I fit in? How do I fit in? All right, preacher, when it comes to the church. I want to talk just a few moments about the gifts. I'm going to give you an outline, a short outline. you got to write fast because I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. But just to get you caught up, I noticed the origin of uh, uh, these gifts, the origin of the gifts in Ephesians chapter number 4. And I'm going to be back in 2 in Scripture, I know. Just hang with me. But in Ephesians chapter number 4, in verse number 1, it says, I therefore the... uh, or excuse me, in verse number, yeah, in verse number one through six. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now listen to these next few verses. All right. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope uh, of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and say it with me, in you all. All right? So the origin of our gifts is from God. These gifts come from God when the Holy Spirit lives and indwells us. When you get saved, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes in. All right? You are a new creation. All right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That is 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 17. God moves in. The Holy Spirit moves in and begins a work in you. Your gift is given to you by God. It comes from God. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, in verse number 11, it says this. It says, but all these, what is he talking about? He's talking about the gifts. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally, as he will. If we move on down to verse number 18, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. So the gifts that you have in you, they come from God. Is everybody with me? That's the origin of your gifts. God has given you these gifts at, as it has pleased him. Well, preacher, I don't like my gift. (laughs) But God gave you that gift, and God gave you that gift to please Him. Does everybody get that? All right? I don't know anybody that doesn't like their gift. I do know of people that want another gift or want a gift over here or a gift over here, but I've never heard of anybody that says, I don't like this gift. All right? God give you that gift. He's given that to you. It come from God. It's not something that you work up. It's not something that you wake up and just say, you know what, I'm going to have this gift today, all right? So we see their origin, but we also see their objective. What was their objective? Does anybody remember? Ephesians chapter number 4 and in verse number 10. The Bible tells us our objective. Our objective, uh, uh, our, no, verse number 12. I didn't have my glasses on, I'm sorry. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 12. It tells us the objective of these gifts. It says this, for the perfecting of the saints, Amen. for the work of the ministry, yeah. 
for the edifying of the body of Christ. So God's given you this gift, and there's a reason that He's given you to it, given you that gift. The objective of that gift or the purpose of that gift is to complete each other. It's that the perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting right there doesn't mean to make you perfect. It means to make you complete. It means to make you mature. All right, so he's given us these gifts to perfect the saints or to complete one another. He's given us these gifts to balance the church. We talked about this just for a few moments when we talked about my gift of not having mercy and my wife's gift of having mercy, all right? It is a gift, mind you, it is a gift given by God. So if you don't like the fact that God didn't give me mercy, then you take it up with God, all right? But God balanced me by giving me a wife whose gift is mercy, all right? He's balanced the church by giving us a church that many members have the gift of mercy. Mercy, it's all about balance. Can I get a witness? All right, if we get everybody together, listen here. Is this thing on? Is this thing on, Dalton? No, it ain't on. If you take a piano, 88 keys on the piano, right? All of them sound differently. But when they're tuned with the same fork, the one God, the Holy Spirit, when they're tuned by the same fork, you can put, you can put 50 of them pianos as long as they're tuned by the same fork. And they're going to play together. Is everybody with me? And so as a church, we, we're tuned by the same fork. We all make different sounds. But if we all in tune with the same fork, we can make some good music. Everybody with me? That's how we balance one another, all right? You can't have, you can't have somebody that plays the piano over here and all they do is stay on this end of the piano. I need somebody to help me. I don't know a whole lot about pianos, but I know I can't just stay on this side of it. I need that side too. Amen. And I know that I can't play it with one hand. Everybody all right? I, I, I hope you're learning something this morning. We work together. All right? That is the objective. We complete one another. We balance one another. And then we perform. We carry out uh, 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 what? The ministry. The work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up the body of Christ. So we have the origin, we have the objective, now we have the obstacles. Is everybody all right? If we look at the obstacles, we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and look at the very first verse and it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. One of the obstacles when it comes to our spiritual gifts is ignorance. Amen. Not knowing how spiritual gifts work and not realizing that you have one. That's, is everybody all right? It doesn't mean you're dumb. It's just an ignorance to it. I need somebody to help me. I, I got me a new, I, I, I bought a truck. And uh, it, it, anyhow, I got this truck. Dalton ended up with my old truck. And my old truck, man, it was like push button everything. Like it, it I mean, that thing was just loaded. You, it did everything, all right? But in that old truck, I just pushed a button and I go into four-wheel drive. I didn't have to do anything else, Right? So I get this truck, and I, I'm, uh, I get this new truck. I got It's a F-250. It's a super duty. It's a big old thing. Anyhow, it's got locking hubs. I couldn't remember locking hubs. I, you know, I had a 79 Ford that had locking hubs on it, but I thought, I thought we were done past that, all right? And so anyhow, I, I'm sitting there, and I, it's got locking hubs on it. So in my mind, y'all stay with me. In my mind, I, I'm thinking that I got to get out and lock the hubs for this thing to go into four-wheel drive. 
Well, anyhow, I was up there at Travis's and, and me and Justin was talking and me and Justin was walking around and I was telling him, he said, man, how do you like your truck? I said, I like it all right. I said, the only thing I don't like about it is it's heavy because it's a diesel and, and the, the back end and sand and stuff like that, it don't like sand too much. And he said, man, just put it in four-wheel drive. I said, man, I want to get out of the truck. It's 100 degrees. I need somebody to help me. I want to get out of the truck every time I need to go through some sand and lock in the front hub. He said, what are you talking about? I said, man, I, they, they got locking hubs on the thing. Man, on my other truck, you just pushed the button and went in the four-wheel drive. We was good to go. He said, man, have you looked at them? I said, no. He said, come here. Let me show you something. He walked out there, and he showed me on them hub caps. I need somebody on the hubs. It had auto and lock. He said, you leave that thing in auto, and all you got to do is push the button. You go in the four-wheel drive. He said, but if it fails, you just put it, you get out of the truck and put it in lock. And he said, and it's fail-safe. Hey, I need somebody to help me. Boom. I said, Justin, I love you, man. He's like, preacher, you didn't know that? I said, no, I didn't know that, man. I said, I love you, man. That means I can sit in my truck in the air conditioner and go in the four-wheel drive whenever I need it. He said, yes. I'm driving around. Listen to me. In ignorance. Listen here. There's nothing wrong with ignorance. It doesn't make you dumb. But when you learn... I need somebody to help me. I called Brother Brian up. I said, hey, man, guess what? Them things got auto on that thing. Did you know that? You ain't got, I'm telling everybody now because I learned something. Everybody all right? This is how, this is, hey, that is an obstacle to spiritual gifts is just not knowing. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It just doesn't mean, it just means you don't, you don't know. But when you find out, I need somebody, I need somebody to help me. Boom. Oh, then you understand you have purpose. See, if you think your purpose is only coming to church and sitting in the church, then you, you're missing out. Because God has so much more for you. But if you're ignorant to it, then you're going to miss it. And so ignorance is an obstacle to our gifts. Idleness is an obstacle to our gifts. Oh, I need somebody to help me. How many of you, ever known, how many of you know somebody that's lazy? How many of you work with somebody that's lazy? How many of you got somebody in your house that's lazy? Amen. Amen. I knew I'd get everybody right there. Amen. And so idleness, idleness is an obstacle to our gift. You got a gift, but if you're not willing to use it, if you're lazy, right, I need somebody to help me. It doesn't matter how much, it doesn't, ha it doesn't matter how physically gifted you are if your physical gift is sitting in a chair. All right. All right. So we, idleness is another obstacle to our gifts. Uh, so we have ignorance, we have idleness, but we have indifference as well. In other words, I know my gift, but I just don't care. Amen. Oh, let me say it this way. I know my gift, but I ain't got time for that. See, we got a lot of folks that it's all about you. I'm going to say that again, because I get into this too. There's a lot of us that it's all about me. I'll do ministry as long as it helps me. I'll get involved as long as there's a benefit to me. Help me, y'all. Don't get quiet on me. But see, ministry and using your gifts is a sacrifice. I need somebody to help me. I went and preached the other night, Friday night, at the, uh, 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 out there at the camp. Listen to me. They started the service. He didn't get up and start the service until 10 minutes or a quarter after 8. It was a sacrifice for me to be there. 
I'm 48 years old, which means that around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I want to be in the bed. Amen. Amen. I didn't start preaching until 9 o'clock. And to beat that, it was the first night of high school football. Mm, act like you don't care, but you do. I know where I'm preaching at. I know exactly what county I'm standing in, all right? And before you start telling me football ain't all that important to you, I need you to understand something. Your tax dollars say differently. <laughs> Praise God, Friday night, there's no place I'd rather be in than sitting in the ball in, in that stadium and cheering on the Lowndes County Vikings. Is everybody all right? Lowndes High School Vikings. But hey, listen, I need somebody to help me. I had a ministry to go complete somebody else, to go edify the church. And so as much as I wanted to be at a football game, I was working in the gift that God gave me. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. See, y'all thought preaching was, that ain't never a sacrifice. Yes, it is. Is everybody all right? I got an incredible offer this week. I got the chance to go to Canada and go shoot uh, a waterfowl, like ducks, geese, and everything else. Man, I was fired up. I'm talking about, I got this deal, this guy, I called, listen, we called this guy up because I seen him on the video, called him up and talked to the guy that was on the video. And man, we got to talking to him, the guy that I was with, he said, man, my preacher wants to come hunt. He said, man, I'll cut y'all a deal and do this and do that. I'm like, hallelujah. He said, I'll, I'll provide the gun, I'll provide the ammo, I'll provide the hunting license. All you got to do is get here. I said, praise God. Only problem is, the only dates he could have me, I'm teaching college up in South Carolina. And then it's right in the middle of our prodigal son. I said, man, I can't do that. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Listen here, I love all y'all, but I'd much rather shoot something in the face than be right here preaching. (laughs) Is everybody all right? If you don't know, you just, if you know, you know. I mean, that joker cupped up coming in there saying, hey, I want to land right here. And you're like, come, come, come to daddy. Boom. Hey, man, praise God. But I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. I'm not resenting it. Listen to me. I'm not saying that because I resent it. I'm just showing you that my gift, your gift, sometimes requires sacrifice. Requires sacrifice. So lastly, we're going to look at the operation of the gift, all right? Now, we've already looked at outreach and missions team. How many of y'all remember that? Mark chapter number 16, verse number 15 said, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Is that for all of us? All of us, every single one of us, right? And the Bible tells us that we are uh, to go out and we're to preach the gospel, share the gospel with every living creature. All right? That means in Lake Park, somebody say amen. amen. That means in North Florida, somebody say amen. That means up around Valdosta, up north of Valdosta, wherever. We are to share the gospel. You agree with that or not? So we're all part of the missions team. You agree with that or not? All right, so when I tell you that we're having a friend day, this is a way for you to operate your gift in that area. How am I going to do that? I'm going to invite somebody to come and watch the drama of the prodigal son. Right? 
because I've got to get the gospel to everybody, Brother Johnny, and I might not be very good at sharing the gospel, but what I can do is care enough about somebody to invite them to the place where they can hear the gospel. And if I can't go with them to that place where they can hear the gospel, if it's somewhere over in Africa or Indonesia or somewhere of that nature, then what I can do then is I can help support a missionary that is going over there and sharing the gospel because I still have the responsibility of getting the gospel out to the uttermost, to everybody, right? And so there's opportunities for us to do that here, but we're not going to keep going over that. We did that last week. But I want to look at this week, maybe for our Sunday morning crowd that didn't get this, not only do we have our missions and our outreach, but we also have our first impressions team. This is how you operate in your gift. First impressions, how many know this? How many, you, how many know you never get a second chance to make a... When people walk onto this piece of property, in five minutes they decide whether or not they're ever going to come back. I mean, from the parking lot till they sit down in the seat, they made a decision as to whether or not they'll ever attend the church again. And that happens. That, that, how, do we, how do we fix that? How do we make sure that we aren't a deterrent is we do that through our first impressions team. Miss Jennifer is going to stand up. Miss Jennifer helps out with our first impressions team. She does a great job with it. If y'all met Miss Jennifer, say amen. amen. All right, Miss Jennifer's out there working the pavilion. Miss Jennifer, I told her, I said, listen, I need you to get some people out there to help. I want you to go around, tap on shoulders, and tell people, hey, you need help. She went out there. She got a whole group of people that working out there in first impressions. If you're working out there in our first impressions around the pavilion, I want you to stand up. Come on, stand up. Don't act like, there we go, it's okay, nobody calling y'all out, all right? Hey, listen, I only see five people standing up with Miss Jennifer. How many more people do you think we need out there in First Impressions? A lot, right? I mean, there's a parking lot out there. Who's, who's doing the, y'all can sit back down, thank you so much. Who's doing the parking lot attendant? Who's out there working and helping out with that? Who's out there making sure people get parked, making sure they, everybody all right? There's ways that you can be involved, and you can be involved in our first impression team, all right? Door greeters. I mean, how many of y'all, how many of y'all had to open the door? No, there was somebody that opened the door for you. Is, was there not? Was there somebody standing there at the door? How many of you liked them people? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, they're nice. They got a smile on their face. They, they open up the door way too early. Now, see, y'all don't care about this, but the preacher does, right? So when you open the door way too early, what happens in South Georgia? All the air goes out. Yeah, we got folks out there, door greeters, they're opening the door, and you just pulled in the parking lot. They're excited. They're waiting on you to come. Then they turn around and say, man, it's so hot in here. It's hot in here because you got the door open all the time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's first impressions. It's first impressions. These people, hey, listen here. When you come on to a place, the first few minutes that you're there makes a determination of whether or not you're going to stay. I can prove it. Have you ever gone into a restaurant? Have you ever gone into a place of business and nobody comes and helps you? And you stand there. I'm the only person standing at the door. It has a sign right here that says, stand right here until somebody helps you. I'm standing there. I've been standing there. Let me ask you something. What's a good time for you to stand and wait for somebody to come say, hey, welcome to our establishment. This is what we're going to, is everybody all right? How long is that? 30 seconds, my man said. Amen. How many of you stood there before for about two or three minutes? And then you finally like, the heck with this, right? I need somebody to help me. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, what do you think somebody's going to do if they come to the church and the first thing they see is somebody that got an ugly face? And I mean that because you decide to be ugly. All right, we all got a little ugly in us. Somebody help me, all right? But, but I, I tell you this, I don't care how ugly you are as long as you're smiling and nice to me. Right, Chris? Amen. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. You ain't ugly. But I, 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 how many of us, how many of us are going to hang around if somebody isn't welcoming us? And it takes all type. I need somebody to help me. You might show up here, if everybody, you show up at a door and everybody's in a suit and tie and you're in a shorts and t-shirt. I need, man, y'all better help me. I mean, you show up at a restaurant and I've done this before. We just say, hey, why don't we stop at this restaurant right here? Come on, help me. And you walk up there, you in flip-flop shorts and a t-shirt and you walk up there and you look at the menu and the cheapest thing on it is about $40 or $50. I need somebody to help me. Hey, don't act like y'all ain't never done it before. You know, they got the little thing, they got the menu out there on the front door. You're like, ooh. You know what? I think I seen a hot dog stand right down his way. Come on this way. Right? Because it doesn't, hey, listen here, not all of us are the same. So you need somebody out there from all walks of life. That's right. You need some older folks out there, say amen. Uh, we're going to call y'all, we're going to call us experienced. Amen. All right. If you got gray on your head, we'll call y'all wisdom. Amen. All right. Wisdom. 48 years, we'll call that. It's experience. But we need some young ones too. Why? Because there's some young people that's going to come to church too. In other words, what I'm trying to say, it does not matter what your age is. I'm going to say this, ready? It does not matter what your race is. It don't matter what color you are. We need all that. We need everybody to get involved and be a part of this because there's going to be some folks that are only going to relate to Chris. There's going to be some folks that are only going to relate to a a brother Junior or or a brother Rick that comes into the church and looks like, man, he's the preacher. Man, don't he look good all the time? I mean, he does. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. And then you got somebody like Chris that walks into the church. My man Chris is sitting here in shorts with his leg tore half to pieces because of, I'm assuming you wrecked a golf cart or something like that. Softball, yeah. See, he ain't very smart. All right, everybody with me? That's where that experience and wisdom comes in. Can I get a witness? (laughs) I don't heal as fast as I used to, so I don't get out there and play softball. Where's Josh at? Is Josh not here today? He's still still out with a torn uh, 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 hamstring from playing softball, thinking he was young. All right, is everybody with me? Listen, it takes all walks of life. It takes every single one of us. Say, well, I'm too old to be on the first impression team. No, you're not. I'm too young to be on the first impression thing. I'm not like everybody else. I don't look like somebody that goes to church. Good. Good. Because the people that need church the most, they're going to come up and they're not going to look like people who go to church all the time. And so it's important that we get involved in this gift. You can get involved in this gift. But now listen to me before we go any farther. I want you to know something. You can't be involved in this gift if you don't look like a very friendly person. So I ask you, what you look like? How does it operate, preacher? I'm glad you asked. Ministry and outreach. Ministry and outreach is our first area that you can get involved with, and that's touching our community. First impressions team, it's welcoming our new friends. 
Uh, we got sights and sounds. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 10, verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. But verse number 14 says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Man, we need sights and sound. We need folks. You can get involved in sights and sound. Maybe you got a face for radio. I'm going to let that sink in just a moment. Maybe you got a face for radio. We put you up there in the sound booth and you can look at a computer or you can look at a sound. Hey, there's opportunities for you to get involved in the sights and sound. We got the sound booth. We got screen text. Miss Tracy's up there doing that right now. Just give me the thumbs up. And uh, man, uh, we got Facebook Live. We got, we got cameras up there that nobody operates. Everybody, I got everybody in the country, they like, man, we'd watch your Facebook Live, but man, you're so far away, you're just like a little old thing up there. We got cameras that can zoom in and look at the craters on stinking the moon, and we ain't got nobody to run them. Oh, well, preacher, I would run it if you'd just let me know. I'm glad you said that because I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know. We We got opportunities through Facebook Live that we can reach people. We got people that can't come to church that watch us on Facebook Live. I had a cousin that came through yesterday and he calls me up. He says, I'm sitting in your church parking lot. He's out fixing to be 85 years old. He just lost his wife. I've always called him Uncle Bill, but he's my cousin. He's a, 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 and he just lost his wife. Had they made it to September, he told me it would have been 61 years of marriage. But he's, I, he, he'll be 85 this year, and he says, I'm sitting in your church parking lot. I said, I'll be there in five minutes. I come rolling up. Man, I walked him through the church, and man, he was crying about all this. He walked in here, and he's like, man, I know this place. And I'm like, huh? He says, I'll watch you at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Lives up in uh, uh, north of Hazelhurst. Somebody help me out. McCray, thank you. Lives up in McCray. He said, 11 o'clock service. I watch you on Sunday mornings. Hey, don't come to our church. Can't attend our church. Two hours away. And yet, 11 o'clock, he's watching. People are Is everybody all right? But somebody's got to help him. Somebody's got to help him watch it. How many of you have ever missed a Sunday morning but wanted to be here? This is the way that we can reach you. All right? This is bringing the gospel to life. This is working with the sound. We got Caleb and we got Matt. They do a great job. I think uh, Brother Brent has some training up there too. But man, hey, listen, this, you, you don't realize the job that them fellas have. You think all this is done down here and it all is happening, but that, that guy up there, he's working. The whole time getting the sound right, trying to get this right, trying to get that right. He's important to the ministry. And how important is it when Matt, Brother Matt ain't here today? And now it's all on Brother Caleb. Don't mess up. Right? And so anyhow, there's opportunities. There's opportunities in our, in our uh, uh, sights and sounds. There's opportunity on our worship team. Somebody say amen. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. This is our worship team. 
You know what I tell our choir? Hey, listen up. You're not up here performing. We can pay somebody to perform. We want you up here worshiping, leading others into worship. Have you ever been to church and somebody sings? And man, they do a good job, but they just stand. Come on now. They just stand there and they sing. Versus having somebody, I need somebody to help me right here, hands up in the air, start getting a little, I'm talking about a little preachy while they're singing. Man, it, doesn't it inspire us? Man, I look across that choir, I ain't going to lie to y'all, I look across that choir and all I can see, there ain't a whole lot of saved people on this side. <laughs> I'm just kidding, maybe. But anyhow, I look over on that side and you got Taryn down there on the end. You got Leanne down there on the end. Brooke Dowling's, she done got going with her feet. And then Miranda's balling. And KK just doing this. And I'm like, I, I need somebody to help me. It don't get no better than that. It don't get no better than that. How many of you ever looked at them and said, man, I, I, they make me want to run a lap. Hey, why don't you? Why don't you? That's what we're trying to do is lead you into worship. Miss Carly sang a song the other day. Man, I told her I, what I was so impressed about wasn't her singing, which she did a phenomenal job doing. You know what I was impressed about? The way she worshiped while she sang. Why? Because we are leading worship. Listen here. It, it, it shouldn't take a pep rally to get you excited about God. You sit here and say you're saved and hallelujah, show it. I need some, I'm going to say that again because some of you do have a face for radio because you won't show any excitement. You put all the makeup on the world on it. But everybody sees through it. If God's that good to you, then it ought not to be take that much, it ought not to take that much to get it out of you. If God's so big, He ought to poke out Somewhere, if he's living in you. You can do this through our worship team. We have a hospitality team. Brother Edwin heads this thing up. Hey, listen, I, I, I wrote this quote down from Brother Malcolm. Find a hurt and heal it. Find a need and fill it. Man, those people that come to church, how many of you realize this? There's so many people that come to church with different things going on in their life. Who's going to care for them? Who's going to help them? Our care team. Our hospitality team. They're the ones. I need somebody that's ever been affected by our care team to raise your hand. Come by. Man, you're having the worst day in the world. You just showed up to church because that's what you're supposed to do. And somebody walks up and says, hey, we want to say thank you for coming to Calvary Baptist Church. We welcome you to Calvary Baptist Church. Hey, I've been praying for you this week. I, I, I look, man, come on. How awesome is that? All we're doing is working in our gift. I had a teenager come up to me a, a Friday night. I walked out to my truck because I had forgotten my glasses and I can't see. I walked out to the truck. She caught me out there in the foyer. She says, are you preaching tonight? I said, yes, ma'am, I sure am. She said, I'm, I'm so looking forward to you preaching tonight. I'm like, well, now I am. <laughs> is everybody all right? Now I am. Now I'm excited about doing it because they a teenager and I don't even know. She lives right here in Valdosta, goes to another church, but she says, I am excited that I get to hear you preach tonight. 
It's after 8 o'clock. She done been in school all day. Then drove out there to camp. Going to be up till midnight. But at 8 o'clock at night, she says, I'm looking forward to I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to preaching too now. Our hospitality team. Our youth development team. I need somebody to help me. There's a lot to do right there. I'm I'm moving quickly. I'm going to finish this thing. Our youth development team. We got, today's our first day of Calvary Kids. How many of you are glad that your youngins are out there? Okay, you ain't got to be all spiritual-like. Just be honest about it. I come to church so I can get rid of my kids for one hour. But somebody's got to be out there with them. And somebody's out there working with them and trying to teach those kids about Jesus because they don't want them to live the same life that the preacher did that attended church as a youngin but never got saved until he was an adult. We don't want that with our children, right? And so what we're doing is our best to try to teach our children at a very young age that they can accept Christ and get busy in the church and get to working in the church. And how do we do that unless somebody will go out there and work with them youngins? I told you it was a sacrifice. I don't like working with kids. It's a sacrifice. I don't like doing this, preacher. I don't like doing this. Hey, listen here. This ain't Burger King. God gave you that gift and he gave you the gift that he wanted you to have and if that gift involves teaching a young person then what greater responsibility in the world is there? I grew up 12 years old. My daddy handed me a beer. I drank my first beer sitting in a boat with my dad and him telling me now if you drink I better be there. That didn't work out. Everybody all right? I need somebody to help me. My dad handed me my first beer. I didn't sneak around the car, sneak around the corner or anything like that. He handed it to me. Listen, everybody ready? At 12 years old, Dalton was standing behind a pulpit preaching. Hey, I got saved. Dalton was a year old when I got saved. To my knowledge, he ain't never had a beer. If I find out different, I'm going to kill his grandpa. (laughs) But to my knowledge, he ain't never had a beer. Is everybody all right? But what Dalton did have was a mama and daddy that loved him, took him to church, taught him that Bible in the the house, and by the time he was 12 years old, he'd stand up there and preach to whoever would listen. A daughter that I sing. I had to threaten her with a belt. But at 12 years old, she'd stand up in that auditorium over there and sing her heart out and has continued to do that. Zachary, I don't know what happened to him. He's killing people. I don't know what happened to him, all right? He's a Marine. (laughs) It's a balance. It's a balance, right? Remember that? His his spiritual gift was was shooting people, all right? He's a Marine for any visitor, all right? Uh, But but I'm joking about that. He ain't shot anybody yet. But anyhow, uh, uh, the point is is that my kids did not have to live the same life that I did. Because they were taught differently than I was at an early age. And that began in the house. I need somebody to help me. And then lastly, and we're doing this, we're starting this. uh, This will be coming in October where this is going to be full-fledged, ready to go, raring to go. And that's our life groups. We're going to start life groups. We're going to start these things. Why? Because we need connection. You're here. If you're here this morning, chances are 
you're connected to somebody. In other words, you came here because you knew somebody else that already went here. That's right. There was a connection there. We want to we amplify that. We want to keep going with that. We want to do that with our life groups. But not only do our, do our life groups serve as a way to connect with others, but it also serves as a way to care for others. You come into a church, I'm glad that you're here. Look around you. This is a good, this is a packed house. Everybody all right? Packed house. Amen. All right, let me ask you something. If you come and you're a regular here and we get in a crowd this size, what's the chances that I'm going to miss you? I mean, come on. Let's just be honest about it. Now, after you leave, you're going to leave, you're going to go home, you're going to do whatever you do. There's going to be another crowd that comes in here at 11 o'clock. And when I stand here, I'm going to be looking at another crowd. Now, if I did by chance miss you on the first service, by the time I get to going in the second service, I'm sorry, my memory ain't that good. I need all the experienced people to say amen. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about, all right? He's the wisdom, the wisdom people, all right? The point is, is that in a care team or in a small group, we're dealing with a, with a group that's the size of about 12 or less. Say, so, preacher, why only 12 or less? Well, Jesus only had 12 disciples. That's right. And if that's all he took on, then I'm, we might have ministry wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, if Jesus poured his heart into just 12, then we might have ministry wrong when we're trying to minister to 100 people by ourselves. That's right. But let me ask you something. If they 6 to 12 people meeting together, and one of them doesn't show up, you're going to miss them. You're going to miss them. And that means they're not going to get missed by the church. That's right. Church is supposed to be family. Acts chapter number 2, the Bible says that they met daily. They broke bread. They met daily from house to house. They were, look at me, connected. That's right. This is how we use our gifts. This is how your gifts can operate in the church. Where do you fit in? How do I fit in, preacher? If you're saved, you have a gift. God has put something in you. It may be for the outreach ministry. It may be missions ministry. It may be... First impressions, it may be hospitality or our care team. It may be sights and sounds. It may be working with our children's ministry, our teens, our students. It may be just being in a life group. It may be on our worship team up there singing your heart out in the 11 o'clock or the 9 o'clock or whatever. Say, preacher, I, I, I don't know if I can make it all to practices. Ministry is sacrifice. I'm going to be honest with you. I need some of you to be in the 11 o'clock service instead of the 9 o'clock. Right. We have a lot of visitors that come in the 11 o'clock and most of our folks that work in ministry have struck out and left. Is it not important to get them the gospel? Is it not important to make sure that they're welcome? Is it not, impo is it not important to be a first impression when they get here? Right. There's opportunities to minister. 
The question is, will you? How do I fit in? Where do I fit in at Calvary? Wherever you want to. We did the spiritual gifts assessment. Everybody that done it should have got an email this week. We got a board in there. My board, that white board. You walk into my office, I got a big old white board, and it is just slammed. You can't even read it. You got to go up there, names all over it. We're trying to plug people in and get people lined up. Had to bring in another white board. We done got another white board in my office, and it's got all of our life group stuff on it. We're doing our best. How do I help, preacher? Glad you asked. Get plugged in. You may be the missing piece of the puzzle that makes it all come together. Maybe this morning you bow your heads with me. Seek the Lord this morning. Maybe you'd ask him this, God, show me where I fit in.